Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Billy Epperhart, and on this show, you're going to hear from industry leaders in business, real estate, and investing. Our Wealth Builder coaches and myself are excited to teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. Okay, let's get started. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Karen Conrad Metcalf, Vice President of Wealth Builders, and I'm telling you, we have got a very special podcast today. Do you know we've got the Wealth Builders Business and Nonprofit Workshop that's coming up August 18th to the 20th, which you've heard me talk about in this podcast. And we want to give you an opportunity to meet some of our new speakers that you have not yet met. And I'll tell you today, I've got someone on this podcast that is absolutely amazing. And his name is Jeff Vanderwall. Jeff, welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. Karen, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here and, and I'm excited to, to chat with you for, for a bit today. It's awesome. You know, it's uh, the successful people that we look at in Jeff is definitely one of those. If you were at the Wealth Builders Conference, Billy had a, a significant word, Jeff, that he spoke over you, uh, your wife, and your family at that conference. It was so powerful. And uh, one of the things I look at people like Jeff, and I'm like, wow, he is so successful. And I see where he's at today. But what I'm going to be asking him to start with today is he didn't just go overnight to this, you know, big successful entrepreneur owning businesses. He started just like you and I, just like with a dream, with a vision, with a, you know, a desire to go into an industry. He's brought transformation. You might even say some redemption to this industry. So Jeff, I would just love for you to start out with a story. Tell us about your businesses and a little bit about how you got where you are today. Well, thank you so much. Again, we just love this opportunity. I I will say that it was an incredible word. I was sitting in the, one of the back rows, and Billy asked if I was there, and I'm like, I'm way back here. So it was it was awesome. Um, you know, it is funny. You know, you when I when I really started out in my business journey, um, you know, I, I didn't go to college. Um, well, I I did a half a stint at a community college. I don't think you can call that anything uh, in, in particular, but. I always knew, um, even working for my dad, my dad was a painter, like a house painter. Um, my mom was a, um, a student aide at our elementary school, you know, so certainly not a, a wealthy family, but I, I just knew in my heart that I, I would, I would work for myself and not, not that I despised working for other people by any means, but just, I always knew that, that being an entrepreneur was just in my DNA. And, and, and as a young man, not really born again, but just, just just knew in myself that's that's who I was in my in my inner being. That's just how I was built. And then as I got uh, along in in life, um, when I got born again, um, even though I was really on fire for the Lord, I was doing a, in the music business actually before I got into the automotive industry. But I started very young um, in in the car business at like twenty, and so um, and I really just hustled. And I just even though I worked for other people and I stewarded other people's um, vision. Um, I really saw, man, I would use that. I would do this. I wouldn't do that. And I just learned over the years um, the things that I really liked. And as the, that time went on, I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, that first decade was really just realizing who I was and, and, and what I really wanted to do. And as much as I wanted to get away from the cliche of the car business, right? Nobody grows up wanting to be a car salesman. I promise you that, Karen. True. But, um, 
But man, for some reason, I was just drawn to this industry. And so it wasn't till really in my mid thirties that I had accomplished really everything financially that I had ever wanted to do, but I had totally just done it in the flesh. I had just moved bricks from one side of the yard to the other for so long that I became very cynical and, and really, um, you probably would have been surprised even though I was a Christian. And so um, I had a radical encounter with the Lord in 2017 um, and God, uh, my wife got healed of a, a really bad um, back injury and it just changed our life. And so purpose all of a sudden entered my life through, um, through that. And, and I realized that God actually had me exactly where he wanted me, but I just had to get to a place that I was usable. And so really that was the story of, of how, it, you know, kind of unpacking how it got to a place of redeeming the first, you know, decade and a half in the automotive industry, but then leveraging that, from uh, specifically from a kingdom perspective. And, and we've just seen explosive growth from that because it's, it's a supernatural growth now, as opposed to the brick moving kind. Wow. Jeff, you said so many things in there that uh, are really interesting and lay such a groundwork for who you are and where you've come from. One of the things that jumps out to me is God called you to the automotive industry. You weren't really serving him, but we know God sees our heart. But, you know, a lot of times when people are in a field, like, for example, I was in banking and when I got born again, I'm immediately thinking, oh, my gosh, I need to get out of banking and go into ministry. Uh, mm -hmm. And you looking at the automotive industry and then realizing, like, what God, you called me here. What was that process like? But then also, what did you begin to do differently after this encounter with the Lord in your business? That's such a good question. So when I, you know, I was, I was born again when I was 20, but I wasn't really walking with the Lord. Like you mentioned, I was, I was, uh, I mean, I tithed, I went to church, like I did all the checkbox stuff, like, and I, and I, you know, love my wife, love my kids, all that stuff, but I just couldn't find peace and joy. Everything that all the money that I had made, Karen, I was just afraid to lose it. Right. And I think when the Bible talks about just storing up wealth in storehouses and bigger barns and all that stuff, once you make it in the flesh, you have to keep it in the flesh. But when you make it in a supernatural way from a faith perspective, then you can be open-handed about it. And so that was the revelation for me was, was going from just hoeing it out of the ground, so to speak, to um, just believing God for greater things. And, and funny enough, it, where it really changed for me was I listened to uh, Paul Milligan and Billy Epperhart at a conference in, in Woodland Park. And they started talking about giving and receiving and not buying and selling. And I'm like, my whole life has been buy low, sell high. Like, what are these guys talking about? And they started talking kingdom economics. And that's the moment that God spoke to me. And he's like, this is what, this is what I've built you uh, to serve people and give first, give your best, no matter what, all the time. And just believe God that they'll give you their business that believe God for increase. And man, when that door opened, um, we started doing a lot of things differently, but that's when things really started to change. Karen was, was that transitional moment between giving and receiving and not buying and selling. That was the moment that things changed. Wow. That is such a heart change. And then you have to somehow put practical application to that. So I'm, I'm just like imagining that you had people that were working around you and all at once, like something has changed. So how do you bring a team or even how do you carry out your day to day and make that transition? So it's not just in our heads, in our hearts, but it's something that's tangible in our business. Man. Yeah. So 
it takes faith. And what I love about faith is I would say that the faith is the commerce of the kingdom of heaven. So like money is our, um, our commerce here, but faith is how things move in the kingdom. And um, I was looking down the barrel of this. I've already had the change in my heart. I've already set my mind to it, but I have all these people inside the organization that I've, I've brought to this point, And I knew that it was going to create some major waves. And so um, number one, I found people around me that weren't inside of my business that could gain nothing from me that were not even just mentors, but friends that were like encouraging me and, 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 and holding me not even accountable, like you need to do this, but just believing in the word that God had given me. So it's super important first and foremost, to not just, not just your spouse, but having a person or two that can encourage you um, to move forward in faith and faith. Sometimes Karen looks so practical, like um, the most practical thing I can tell you is I just, I had to let some people go because I knew that they had expressed what was happening and they were like, uh Oh, this isn't going to work. And they were not going to go along with the vision. And so they had to go. And these were key people. And so I really quickly found myself in a place where I'm like, if God doesn't show up, this is all over. And, um, and so those moments are not for the faint of heart, but it gives God the room and the opportunity to do such amazing things. And so um, it is not for the faint of heart to make those decisions, but I promise you that when you start believing for him and believing on him, that like, if, if I don't have the right people, God, you will bring the right people. And he, he will. And that's, that was the hardest thing. Karen was just to go in and say, if you're not for me, then you've got to go. And that was a pretty bold move, but that's what needed to happen. Wow. That is really powerful. And I, I'm thinking too, in the midst of that, you really had to get off your reliance of your bank account, you might say, or how much you had in that storehouse and shift onto reliance on God. How difficult was that as you were making these decisions in bold moves? Well, easier than you think, because for me, I was completely, um, I was completely in, enslaved to the spirit of mammon before I got set free. And so when I really had that breakthrough moment and I got really turned on to the Lord, that was broken off of me. Um, and maybe at a later date, I can tell you guys the story of, of how I was operating and, and just that, um, treadmill or that hamster wheel that I was on of, of, um, mammon, but that was actually something for me that that when it when I got set free from that, um, I, I I promised God like I would steward this. I don't want to own this anymore. I just want to steward this. So when you go from being an owner to a steward, you're just holding something for somebody else, as opposed to all the stress and pressure and fear and anxiety and performance that comes along with ownership. So stewardship is a place of honor and it's a place of, of respect. And so when I started operating as a steward, I'm like, regardless what's in my bank account, it's his problem. It's not my problem. And so I have to say this though, with like an asterisk is like, if you're not ready to go out on your own, don't, don't just go blazing out there with nothing, <laughs> but steward for a season and believe God. And when it's time to go, go. But when you do go, don't look back. And, and so for me, it wasn't necessarily that I was concerned about running out of money. I was just, I was so sick of worrying about money that I was like, this is, it was a kind of a breath of fresh air, really. I mean, that's- Out of a relief, right? Like, who totally. pressure's off. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I had so many sleepless nights worrying about money, literally. Um, even though I had a lot of it, I still worried about keeping it, which is so foolish, but Amazing. you don't know what you don't know, you know? 
Wow, Jeff, that is so awesome to hear. I think it gives us hope that are listen, you know, listening like, wow, it's really possible because we hear about it. But talking to you and you being in that and explaining that process in you made the jump pretty quickly. I think there's probably a lot of uh, entrepreneurs here in the Wealth Builders family that are like, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it can sneak up on you, too. I mean, uh, even though we're serving the Lord, we love the Lord, really getting free from reliance on money where that anxiety and worry is, uh, you know, it can be a problem for us. I've had sleepless nights with that. And I wake up in the morning and think, what in the world was I thinking? But in the middle of the night, you don't always have this logic, right? So what are some, yeah. So I'm just thinking maybe you are just completely free, but do you ever have temptations to start to get back into that? And if you do, or maybe you could give some advice to some of us that are still in that process of, of having anxiety over money, what would you suggest? Yeah, absolutely. So I, when you get, when you get set free from, from mammon, it's just like anything else. I mean, you, you have to, you have to, um, you have to own that and take that. You have to stay in faith on that. It's not because if your natural bent is towards, uh, it, like I always say, if your switch is flipped on, not off, if you're a hustler, if you like to get after it, like there's always going to be this place that you have to stay in check. And that's why the Bible talks about laboring to enter his rest. You know, I have to labor to enter that still, I still have to say, listen, I've been set free from this and I'm not listening. So there's still a, there's still a, a, even a stewardship of that revelation, just like everything else, whether that's healing or anything else. I will say that, you know, when we talk about um, somebody stewarding a season, like let's say you're working a job and your heart is to be an entrepreneur, God's going to use your steadfastness and your job right now to be able to set you up for your next season the world operates in addition and subtraction, but in the kingdom, it operates in multiplication. And so when we don't see it um, yet, and we're just do, operating in, um, I'm just adding to my, to, to my, um, I'm saving money. I'm adding to this. I'm adding to this. I'm adding. That's when, when you start operating in faith, it goes from addition to multiplication. And that's just from a faith standpoint. And so there's still an absolute, and I hope I'm making sense on this. There's a right. tangible reality to working your job with the dream of being an entrepreneur and, and making that transition. Praise God for that. God's got a seed. He's put it in your heart. You need to water and cultivate that and continue to steward where you're at right now, because how you leave your current situation is how you're going to enter your next situation. And so if your heart is to grow your business, God will take what you have and he will, he will increase it exponentially. Um, but there is a practical aspect of just stewarding what you have and getting up and hustling. Work is a biblical thing. Hustling is a biblical thing. That's all really good. And then all of a sudden you look up one day and you're like, man, God has really multiplied this. And really, I think that's where most of us find ourselves is um, not at a place where we've arrived, but we're thankful that we've left. Wow. That is so great, Jeff. Thank you so much for that insight. And just to remind all of you that Jeff is one of our speakers at the upcoming business and nonprofit workshop. And you can tell by this conversation, wow, we're going to be totally blessed by what he brings to the table and what he's going to be sharing with us. And if you are not yet registered, please take a moment to register. Go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events. And I'm going to give you a code here where you can save $200 on that ticket. So it's WB200. Again, go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events. Uh, get registered. We just have a handful of in-person tickets. It's in Denver, Colorado. 
All right, Jeff. So uh, this has been super helpful. And um, another question that I have just looking at changing the culture of your organization and what are some practical things that you have put in place to kind of support uh, your organization just glorifying God? Well, that's one of my favorite things to talk about, Karen. So I, I kind of ran my business as a tyrant before I got turned on to the Lord. So I had a, the task of changing a culture as opposed to starting from scratch. And those are two different things. Um, the culture from my pre previous way that we did things was fear and anxiety and people. Um, and I, and I had to, I had to be humble and, 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 and apologize. And then I had to actually make real change. And I, I can tell you this culture starts from the top and moves its way down. And so um, when you are trying to set a culture of a faith culture, kingdom culture, you have to be bold to be able to say like, listen, we're going to, you don't have to believe what I believe as a Christian, but you have to respect it because I'm going to make decisions based upon my convictions as a Christian. And that that's a problem. You're going to probably struggle working here. And you just need to be honest about that up front. That was super helpful, Karen, in, in really establishing the culture. And then you have to actually do what you are saying, right? You can't um, preach one thing and, and be another. And so um, that takes, you know, just being on point. Culture um, is your brand. So how you start your culture inside of your organization, even if it's three people, you can start to build a culture of a kingdom mindset or by giving and receiving or um, serving people. Um, and it starts internally with your people. And then they express that outwardly. As you grow your business, you can't be there for everybody that's having a contact with your organization. So you have to instill that through your know, training and really heart training at the beginning. Um, and hiring towards people that have the right heart. And so I hope I'm answering your question um, that you're asking. But culture, changing the culture and starting a culture are a little bit of a different thing, but they operate in the same principle. That is so good. You know, one of the things that Paul Milligan says is that culture trumps vision every time. And I think, you know, sometimes we spend a lot of time on the vision, but I really like how you're describing, like you got in there to make sure that what's happening on the inside lines up with the vision and your beliefs and um, honoring God. And that kind of set the foundation for what ex people are experiencing on the outside when they come to your organization. That's really powerful, Jeff. Yeah, and I think too, you know, being able to, to recognize that if people don't have your heart, it's okay that they're not going to be there, even if they're a producer, because God will, he will bring people. It, he wants you to succeed more than you do. He is on your side. He is your business partner. and So he is going to be recruiting people in their heart, even to, to prick their heart to be like, man, I want to be a part of that organization. I want to be a part of that. I want to serve that vision. He'll bring the people. And if you have the wrong people with the wrong heart that are, are actually hindering your culture, um, they'll weed themselves out. And then when it's time to say, hey, to let them go, you're going to have to let them go. And that's okay. And that also takes faith, because especially if they're a producer. So to your point, like culture does trump vision um, because you can have the greatest vision on the planet, but if people hate coming to work, it's a problem. Yeah, that is so good. And in the process to this adventure, you're kind of describing an adventure with God, with your business, which, um, you know, God wants to be a part of all that we do. And you've really grabbed hold of that and embraced it. 
there is ideas, there's witty ideas, you know, God's created everything. And so I'm expecting that in your business, tapping into uh, the Lord with your business, he has brought forth some amazing ideas, some shifts in your business. Can you tell us a little bit about how you actually partner with God in those decisions and maybe new ventures? Yeah, I think, I think number one, God is always speaking, whether it's your family or your business or whatever, he's always speaking. And so it's learning, it's that, it's that, it's that training yourself to start learning to hear his voice and start walking with him to hear where he's going and, and where he's leading. And, and so um, that's a fun process. And we're all in a process of that, you know, getting, um, you know, furthering ourselves in, in being able to walk and talk with him and, and understand where we're going. Really where it started, Karen, for me was, was actually just believing God for the right people because um, we have people here that are serving this company and this vision that are so much more talented than me in so many different areas that God started bringing these people that had these incredible skill sets that wanted to be a part of it. That's really where things started because as a, um, I'm a, I'm, I'm very straightforward. I'm a, I'm a builder. I'm a, I'm a visionary. I'm a leader. That's, that's kind of how my makeup is, which uh, so from administrative standpoint or from a t technological standpoint, there's things that I struggle with because, or I don't want to do. So I, we, God's brought those people. And what's happened from those people is these ideas that have revolutionized our organization. Oh, yeah. And so, so one example I'll give you is, you know, as we brought these people in the door in our media and technology team, we really started to embrace um, artificial intelligence. And so we actually have a guy, you're going to, you're going to just love this. He actually started off in our phone center, like taking phone calls. And then we come to find out the dude is like superstar, like code writing intellectual. He's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And he runs a part of our organization now that, you know, has this incredible software that we've built that uses artificial intelligence um, to really give us a major competitive advantage. And so God has brought these people that when you're open to allowing them to speak into the organization, you can come up with unique ideas that uh, give you a competitive advantage um, that are straight from God's throne room, that he's giving you an advantage to help you to win in your marketplace. Oh, it's so good. So you, you've made space for that. And I think that's part of the faith and the trust part too, like just knowing he's brought you the right people and to create space for God to, to speak through people and know as a leader, like you were saying, and I can tell you're extremely humble, but just knowing that not everything has to come from you. A matter of fact, as you leverage team members, uh, these God ideas are coming through. That is awesome. Um, artificial intelligence. I think this is a really hot topic right now. And I've heard a lot of people just like afraid of it. So they're not even venturing into it because there are some risks, but you are leveraging it. Can you just share a bit, uh, what you might encourage people with as far as AI right now? Yeah, absolutely. So AI for us, artificial intelligence, was one of those things. In fact, I had a, my uncle asked me years ago, like, Hey, how does AI, you know, how, how's AI being used inside your business? And I'm like, what's AI? I like, what are you talking about? I literally was clueless. Um, and I say that, you know, just cause that's where I was at. This is probably five years ago. So things have really, things have really progressed um, it, it, for us. I think as we've grown, we've needed a competitive advantage in some areas. And so this is one of the things that we decided to start looking at how do we start to take data 
and start to deduce it down to be able to make really good decisions for our business. So it really started in, in more of a, I want to see around the corner of the marketplace. For example, let's talk about real estate. If I knew that house, house prices were going to be 3% less in six months, would that make me hold off on buying a property right now? Uh, if I knew I could buy it 3% cheaper or 5% cheaper or 10% cheaper in, in three months? Well, probably, right? So we started looking at it um, through those lenses. And as we started using like um, Power BI and things that Microsoft offer, offered, it was really, we set up a unified data platform. So it sounds fancy, but it just unifies your data on a platform. Like it's just a unified data platform. So we started putting all of our data in there and then AI was like a data mining system. So I hope I'm not getting in the weeds too far, but it would extrapolate all of our information and then it would deduce answers for us that we needed to be able to make key business decisions. Yeah. We've stayed out of the weeds of like, you know, this is the devil and it's going to take over the world. And I get that there's fear about it because if you look down the black hole of AI, it can be used for good or it can be used for evil. Um, Aaron Wood, who's who runs media and technology for me, he always says, Jeff, this can be used for good or this can be used for and we have just decided that we're going to just go ahead and redeem that too. It can be a really, really, really good thing if your heart is pure towards it and you're going to use it for great things. So we've just committed to using it for an advantage um, for us from a kingdom standpoint. And I haven't really looked at it much further than that. I just, I check our heart. Are we in a place where we're using this to further our organization and grow our influence? And if the answer is yes, then we're we're doing it. So that's really how we've put our brackets around um, how we've responded to kind of the fear around AI. Wow, that is so good, Jeff. This has been amazing. And I know a lot of people listening are thinking, wow, I want to hear more from this guy. And of course, to do that, come to the Wealth Builders Business and Nonprofit Conference. But Jeff, you also do have, a, I don't know if you have a podcast, you've got other ways for people to connect. I see you on Facebook. How can people find you to learn from you? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Facebook is probably the place that we put most of our um, our three five minute content. So we we're if you just look up Jeff Vanderwall on uh, Facebook, you'll see me in there. Um, all we're really trying to do, Karen, and I appreciate the plug, but we're just trying to encourage people um, through some of the things that I've done really well and some of the things I've done really poorly. Um, you know, after operating a business in the flesh for fifteen years and 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 just seeing the hard aspect of success in that in the natural. I just really feel like it's our place to be able to just help people understand that, you know, what God's calling is on their life and business and, and operating and co-laboring with him on that. So if people get an opportunity to jump in there, we'd, we'd love to share our content with you um, Facebook. And, and uh, I know we're on um, some other media sources, um, Instagram and others, but um, if you just look for Jeff Vanderwall, you'll find us. That's awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for taking time with me today and being a part of this podcast and, for being a part of the upcoming event. Again, those of you listening, you want to hear more from Jeff, go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events and get registered with the code WB200 for the conference coming up August 18th through the 20th. Uh, we're just so grateful, Jeff, for you to be a part of this and as uh, just this growing Wealth Builders family. You can just hear like the sound in the spirit that Billy talks about. You are so a part of that. And we're just really privileged to have had you on here today. Well, it's really my pleasure. And it's an honor to be with you, Karen. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. And thank all of you, the Wealth Builders family, for tuning in each and every week. 
We're so excited to see you in person in uh, just a couple weeks when this airs. God bless you and make it a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Builders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show. If you want to learn more about who we are, visit our website at wealthbuilders.org and check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next time.